0: Breakfast business with Enterprise Ireland on News Brilliant, Aiden. Uh, the the Daft story. Um, what struck me about this um, housing demand story was demand for houses in the kind of the upper end of the market absolutely soaring.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's a really interesting story because it's not it's not stats that we normally see, most of the focus is always on price or on supply. So it's very interesting to see the demand side of it. And basically, have to have run all the numbers and they're saying that demand for housing nationally is up 17%, but in Dublin, it's up nearly 34%. Um, and as you said, in certain categories of, of that, you know, you're you're seeing homes in the 400 to 600, so the largest increase with demand up nearly 38%. And if you think about that kind of sweet spot, that is your your you know your starter family home uh, or your your first kind of trade up. So it's not surprising that we have seen a lot of people move from apartments. This would be the first type of home that they'd be looking at for a, for a small family um, or even a mid-sized family. So it's interesting to see that demand is still very strong and. I think what's also very interesting in, in light of post-COVID and things like that is that demand for homes rose in 18 of the 26 counties in, in, in similar kind of high numbers. You know, Meade was up 29, Limerick up 26, Offaly up 26 and Loud up 25. So it's very, very strong across the board.
0: It is, especially since yeah, Offaly in the Midlands is still doing quite well. Usually these things are in and around the cities. Uh, mm. But uh, if, if Offaly is still doing well, it means obviously the whole country, well, the whole country, but vast majority of it, is has seen increased demand.
1: Yeah, and, and, and I think, you know, the, the other side that the, the article points out is obviously on the supply side and again, you know, we're not seeing, um, the CSO had numbers out to the day and you're looking at the volume of construction activity still down 13% from pre-COVID levels. Um, and I, but I think what's in very interesting within that when they break it down, any growth that is there, the predominant growth there really is non-residential was up nearly 13, whereas residential building was only up 7% in, in in the last year.
0: Yeah, Sarah Collins in the Irish Independent uh, has a story about new legislation uh, which could affect smaller Irish companies coming from the EU.
1: Yes, this is another one of these grandiose and very, probably with the best intentions of uh, regulations coming from the EU, but it's basically a directive aimed at tackling child labour, oil spill, deforestation and industrial disasters, and what basically the new EU rules want to make big companies liable if their suppliers violate human rights standards or climate policies. Um, and really what this is, is that if, if you're a small, what's saying is if you're a small company, uh, you're going to have to be able to, to state that you have, you know, no impact on, on 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 any of these areas. And really the question is, you know, can small companies be, uh, do they have the ability and the resources to be able to make those declarations and, and, and be clear about it? Now, the MEPs are saying that they want the the, the, the rules only to apply to, to companies with more staff, more than 250 staff and a global turnover of over 40 million. But, you know, that, that's certainly going to start picking up um, companies within within the uh, within the Irish context. And also then there's going to be uh, exemptions or are, are, are exceptions made for high impact sectors such as textiles and mining. So you could actually see some even smaller companies in Ireland getting pulled into this net and i'm just not sure that you know we're seeing this in terms of some of the regulation on our investment side of it that whether you know, smaller entities have the the resources to to be able to gather and and stand over the the information that they have to provide.
0: Yeah, because it's it's an extreme version of know your customer, but this is know your Mm -hmm. supplier. uh, And uh, we know the basis for it. People need to know that there's no slave labor in the manufacture of, for example, clothing um, or, you know, um, sourcing diamonds or whatever it is um, we know the basis for it. But there are still quite a few hoops to go through. And I, this is the European Parliament vote. They still have to haggle with the European Council, where the ministers from the various different member states sit, and of course, the European Commission. So there's still a bit of water to flow under the bridge for that. And um, Reuters has a story about a potentially very big fine coming the way of LinkedIn.
1: Yes, this is this is a story. Microsoft, who owned LinkedIn, said on Thursday it's it's expecting to take a charge of about 425 million in the current quarter for a potential fine from the Irish Data Protection Commission. And really, the commission launched an investigation into professional networking the net, professional networking platform in 2018. And whether it's targeted advertising practices violated uh, European data protection, they found that it has. And now, what Microsoft is saying is that after review and analysis, they're going to increase their existing reserve uh, for that. And, and based on the current exchange rates, it's going to take about four hundred and twenty-five million in, in their in their fourth fiscal quarter. Now, I, I, if you know, just to put it in context, I wouldn't shed a whole lot of tears given the fact that. If you looked at the last quarter, Microsoft probably had profits in excess of 26 billion. So, 425 million sounds like a huge number, but you know, to a company the size of, of of Microsoft, it's it's really is only a, a drop in the ocean.
0: Yes, indeed. But it does follow the very very big fine imposed also by the DPC. On Meta, the company uh, which yeah. owns Facebook and WhatsApp, that was 1.2 billion euros. So a, ch- a chunk of change. I'm always interested, who ends up with that money? Does that get... Well, I
1: just, the same thought crossed my mind this morning, Joe. Yeah. Who, where did all the money where go? Where does
0: it go? Yeah. I mean, because I don't yeah. think it stays in Ireland. I think they have to divvy it up uh, throughout the European Union, but... Uh, I, anyway, I
1: would say they probably do,
0: yeah. We probably yeah. have to follow that one. Um, to the markets the Senate in the United States it has voted finally to lift the debt ceiling can we all breathe again now Aiden?
1: Well I'm afraid there's always more to do about nothing with this every time it comes around there's been 80, 80 occasions when this debt ceiling has been raised in the past and, and the market does get a little bit of a tizzy and we all know that you know politicians ultimately know what side their bread is buttered on and they eventually come to a decision and a conclusion on this and, and that's what we've seen this time around we've avoided a, a, a shutdown in government. There has been a few times in the past where it's come very, very close, but it's always the one minute to midnight or one second to midnight that, that something comes true. But I, I think, you know, there's definitely, there was definitely a, a bit of a relief on, on Tuesday when, uh, you know, the, the the deal was kind of agreed between the president and, and, and McCarthy. Uh, but I, I think as we go to the next couple of weeks, there could be more interesting things and, 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 and input for, for the market as a result of this. And, and, and is, is that the, the issuance
0: price? and the issuance of T bills over the next few months yeah. could be interesting.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a huge. So there could be up to $1 trillion worth of T-bills, which are just basically short-term debt instruments that the government issues to basically fund themselves. But that $1 trillion could be issued over the next um, three months. So it's going to be a big, big draw on liquidity in the markets. Now, the reason the number is so big is obviously because the deficit has been increased. They have to fund that but also the u s Treasury basically runs a bank account to, to pay uh, for all the bits and pieces, and typically it should have about six hundred billion in its account it only has seventy seven billion at, at the at the last check so they're going to have to you know issue new uh, debt to get that money back up to the kind of the six hundred billion level and then increase the, the, the amount because of the, the increased deficit that, that's going to be run. So we have seen this in the past cause a, a bit of an issue to not just debt markets, but also equity markets when you see that big amount of money. Because yeah. ultimately, who's going, to, who's going to buy all this debt? Well, it's going to be, you know, depositors and, and banks and things like that. So, all right. They'll all be putting money towards that, so it could be interesting uh, as we go into the kind of the quieter summer months.
0: All right, Aiden, have a lovely long bank holiday weekend. That's Aiden Donnelly from Davies Breakfast Business with Enterprise Ireland on News Talk.